It's episode 104 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. Before we move on, let me take just a moment to shine the spotlight on another brand I adore that has partnered with the Keto for Women show. Four Sigmatic is the go-to authority in all things magic mushrooms. They believe in the real power of using functional mushrooms, such as lion's mane, chaga, and cordyceps to enhance people's lives and health. And they've done so through products we're consuming every day, like coffee, tea, elixirs, cocoa, all the good stuff. I have to admit, I was skeptical when I first heard of Four Sigmatic and the mushroom coffees, but I tried out their products anyway because I was also very curious, as I'm sure most of you are, as to the power of these little mushrooms. After just one packet of the mushroom coffee with lion's mane, I immediately understood the power of these mushrooms. I had a different kind of energy, focus, and clarity that I had ever had before with traditional coffees. It wasn't from the caffeine either. It wasn't jittery. I wasn't lightheaded or anxious like I usually get with caffeine. It was a sustained, gentle energy that lasted most of the day. Since that time and me finding that source of energy that I've always wanted but could never get with traditional caffeine, it is now the only caffeinated beverage I will drink. You may already know this about me, but I do not tolerate caffeine at all, and I stay away from it as much as possible because it does give me that anxious, jittery feeling that I don't do well with. But there are times when I just need a little bit of a boost. Either I didn't sleep well the night before, I have something important coming up that day that I need to be really focused on, and this is when I have my Four Sigmatic. Not to mention, it's also super convenient, coming in a tiny little pouch that you just add hot water to and stir. I add coconut cream to mine too and blend it up, and it is an amazing hot beverage that you can take pretty much anywhere with you. Four Sigmatic has also recently come out with a brand new product that I cannot wait to tell you guys about. I've been trying to keep it under wraps for as long as I could because I wanted to make sure it had all the power that I was hoping it would. And now I can talk about it because it's true. They are taking on the beauty and skincare market with their new superfood serum and face mask. That's right. You're now going to put these healing mushrooms on your face. And I have to say they work so well. You all probably also know that I take my natural skincare very seriously, and it does not get more natural than actually being able to eat your skincare, which is exactly what they're doing with this new product line. They recommend ingesting this serum and these masks along with putting them on your skin as the protocol for maximum effect. How cool is that? And I have to say, I've been using these products for a few months now, and my skin has never looked better. It's clearer, it's firmer, there's less fine lines. I don't know how these mushrooms do it, but they really, truly are magical. It also smells really good, it feels really good on, and it absorbs well and quickly. It is 
awesome under makeup too. It is definitely my new go-to daytime moisturizer. And that says a lot coming from someone like me who really, really cares about what they're putting on their skin. And I also live in a really, really dry climate which it's hard to find things that actually work here in Colorado. And this stuff is it. Whether you're into coffee, tea, elixirs, or beauty products now, Four Sigmatic has you covered. As a Keto for Women listener, you can stock up on all of these healing magic mushroom products for 15% off. Head to foursigmatic.com slash Sean and use coupon code Sean to get this deal. That's 15% off using code Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at foursigmatic.com slash Sean. You guys are going to love this stuff. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back. Thanks as always for joining me on this episode of Keto for Women. I'm super excited for this episode, and I think you guys will be too, hopefully, although some of you may not like me very much by the time this episode is over. But today, we're going to go over my problems that I have with sugar-free sweeteners. We've talked about it before on the show, but just want to dedicate an entire episode to this topic so I can really break down for you what's been going on in my head about all of these sugar-free sweeteners that people are using all over the place these days. It's a little scary in my opinion. So we're going to get into that today, all the nitty gritty. I did a lot of research, read a lot of studies. It was really fun and I think you will enjoy it too. But first, just actually one very quick, very easy announcement, which is that we are officially only a few weeks away from the next Fat Burning Female Project group. We have some really fun changes coming this time around. I just had done a lot of thinking about you know everything I've learned in the past two and a half years of running this course for now over 1,200 women and got some better ideas of how I can serve those that need to be helped a little more while giving others a little more freedom. So you can find out all this information over on my website at seanminer.com. Head over to the project. You'll see all that information, uh, the different options that you can now choose. Of course, we have the self-study. We have have the actual group project, which will start July 5th. And then within that group project, you can also become a VIP fat burning female member where you actually get to work one on one with me. Very excited for that really just found that there are some women that just need that extra help. They need to really talk to someone, have a coach, have a mentor, have a nutritionist right in their back pocket during that six-week time frame. So that's what we're going to do this time around. So hopefully I'll get to meet some of you in person, kind of. We'll be over video, but we'll be chatting in person. It's really fun two 30-minute calls that you will get with me, plus unlimited support throughout that six weeks as well. So you can go ahead and check all of that information out over on my website, seanminer.com, on the project course page, and make sure to sign up to get your notifications. That is really the only way that I can guarantee that you will know when enrollment opens and that you can get a spot. I can't guarantee it any other way. I will tell you that if you are signed up for those notifications, you will know what's happening every step of the way. So be on the lookout for that. That's coming up in just a few weeks. And as soon as you get on that 
notification list. You'll start seeing all the dates and what to put on your calendar, what to expect. You'll know exactly what to do from there. So head over there. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes. I can't wait. As you all know, It's been a long time since I've run a project. It's been since March was our last class, and it feels like I'm in the desert (laughs) with with no friends or communication or anything. It feels very strange. So I'm excited to get going with this next group of fat-burning femalers. I'll talk more in a future episode about how you know if it's right for you and perhaps even do kind of a spinoff of this, a webinar or a live call or something that you can look out for too, to really make sure that this is the right thing for you to do. But I can tell you right now, the best way to know is if you are done with your dieting, your diet hopping on and off the roller coaster, if you want to know how to really truly heal your body from the inside out, using food to do that and using a keto approach as your baseline starting point and then branching off from there based on your intuitive sense, what's best for your body, this is where you will learn how to do all of that. This is the place. Fat Burning Female Project. It's coming up soon. Can't wait. All right, let's get into today's topic. Now, as I mentioned, I have talked a little bit about my thoughts on sugar-free sweeteners here and there throughout the past 103 episodes. But I want to dedicate one whole episode to talking just about these sweeteners and about what is studied and hasn't been studied yet and things we do know, things we don't know, the different types and what I personally see as being the problems again, based on research, but also things that have happened to me personally, things that I have seen in working with so many women now that are using these foods sometimes, or foods in air quotes, they're not actually food, but you know what I mean. And just the overwhelming lack of evidence and lack of knowledge out there. So we're going to get into all that today. I want to start by breaking down the different types of sweeteners out there so that we all have a little bit more knowledge about what we may or may not be consuming or our friends, our loved ones, people that we kind of want to help. It may help for you to know a little bit more about each one of these for your own reference. So we're going to start with the artificial sweeteners. If you're anything like me and have a past like mine, you lived off this stuff in the 90s and early 2000s with the sugar-free craze, the fat-free craze. They had to do something to make things still taste good. And I was definitely still eating desserts. They just contained all of these. If you are someone that goes to Starbucks and gets a sugar-free vanilla, blah, 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 this is what you are consuming. So anything sugar-free, these are generally using these artificial sweeteners. So the FDA has approved five artificial sweeteners. Saccharin, which we may know as sweet and low. There's going to be lots of words I can't say, so be prepared. Acylfame, I think is how you pronounce it. Aspartame, which we would know potentially as equal. Neotame and sucralose which we know as Splenda. These are obviously artificially created with the use of chemicals to 
be sweet and to have a sweet taste without the use of sugar. They are 200 times to 20,000 times sweeter than sugar, which I think without me even going into, which I still will, don't worry, you can see how that could potentially be an issue with these things being incredibly sweet. So those are the artificial sweeteners. Those are the packets that you see on the tables at restaurants, or perhaps you're still using those in your coffee or something like that. Like I said, if you're getting anything sugar-free flavored, it's most likely using something like this, these chemicals, to make it taste that way. Now we also have sugar alcohols, which are becoming much more popular than these artificial sweeteners. These are things that you would know as sorbitol, xylitol, lactitol, mannitol, erythritol, and maltitol. Very common, especially in the keto community, which we're going to talk about. That's why we're here talking about this, because we're probably all seeing it, using it, wondering if it's okay, not sure if you should or shouldn't be using it. Hey, that's why I'm here. At least it shed some light for you to make your own best decision. Now, the thing with the sugar alcohols is every single one of those that I just listed, but erythritol is known to cause GI upset because they remain undigested as they go through the gut. So you probably have noticed this too. If you've tried any of those, maybe added them again to your coffee or something, maybe tried to bake with them, got some sort of sugar-free candy, tried it, and then had to run to the bathroom. I think that probably has happened to all of us at some point. Now I'm going to go through just the two most common ones that I think are part of this list because this is just kind of what I see on labels of things still out there, xylitol and erythritol. So xylitol is technically a naturally occurring substance. Again, I'm using air quotes because it is made from xylin, which are fibers found on plants like berries and beets, birch trees have a lot of xylin. But the process of making xylitol, clearly we're not just taking birch off a tree and chomping on it and calling it a sugar-free sweetener. It has a lot of processing going on to make it what it is when we eat it. And this process is where things start going haywire. So the process of making xylitol It requires a process called sugar hydrogenation, and that needs a catalyst. And for xylitol, they use rainy nickel as their catalyst, which is a powdered nickel aluminum alloy. So nickel is a known carcinogen, and both of these contribute to heavy metal toxicity. And that heavy metal toxicity, we haven't talked a lot about on the Keto for Women show yet, but we will. That is something that a lot of us are dealing with and many of us not even knowing it. So we'll talk about that. But I think it is very obvious that we can all understand we don't want an excess of heavy metals in our bloodstream or through our diet. And so consuming something like xylitol, where that's added in in order to make it a sugar type substance, is not going to be a good thing. I think we can all agree on that. The other thing about xylitol is most of it is sourced from GMO corn. That's genetically modified corn. So yes, it can come from things like berries and beets, but we all know that the food industry is going to try to cut as many costs as possible, make things as cheaply as possible, and 
GMO corn is really cheap and is really easy to do. So they are going to obviously pick that route to go to produce their xylitol. So again, we are including more toxins into our diet, into our body by having xylitol that was made from GMO corn. Now, I think mostly xylitol is now just used in chewing gum. So you may want to look for that in your chewing gum. It also can be used in toothpaste. So be on the lookout for that. And really just anything that you're having that's sweet, just see what is making it sweet, especially if there's not sugar in it. What is making it sweet and see if xylitol is listed just so that you are aware and can make the best decision for you. Now, erythritol is the big one. I feel like I have not seen a product that's labeled keto in the past year that doesn't have erythritol in it. I feel like I haven't seen a dessert that is keto that doesn't have erythritol in it. In fact, the whole reason why I wanted to do this episode was after we got back from Expo West. You'll remember that conversation if you listened to that episode right when we got back. We just kind of ranted a little bit about the amount of sugar-free sweeteners in the products that are coming out these days. They're new products. Some of them aren't even on shelves yet, but the amount of sugar-free sweeteners used and then claiming that they have no added sugar, that they're sugar-free, that they're keto-friendly, while technically true, I guess, man, it just drives me crazy. And that's what I really wanted to get this information out there. Erythritol is, like I said, the most commonly used one, although it is very often combined with other ones, which we found out is because it helps with the flavor. It helps the flavor taste more like sugar to combine these, like combine erythritol with stevia or erythritol with monk fruit or all three. (laughs) And we're going to go over some of those other ones too, but super, super common. So if you are someone who is relying on these keto treats and desserts, of course, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to, but I want you to take this information that we're about to talk about to heart and decide what's best for you. Decide if that's still something you want to include regularly. Maybe it's something that's a one-off situation a few times a year when it really makes a difference, or maybe it's out altogether. Your call, but just take this information that we're about to learn and run with it. All right, so erythritol is also produced from fermented cornstarch. That's the primary way to get erythritol. So fermented cornstarch, which of course, yes, means that most of it is from GMO corn, that genetically modified corn that is a known toxin to your body. So most of it is that route. I will say though that the biggest brand I think out there, at least in the keto community, Swerve is not genetically modified. I know that's one of their claims to fame. So they do use organic non-GMO. But if you're just buying a keto cookie and it has erythritol listed, you want to make sure at minimum that it says non-GMO erythritol when it's listed in order to at least not be getting the extra toxin load from that erythritol. 
The pros with erythritol is that it is the least likely to cause GI distress, which I talked about a little bit ago, just because of the way that it is digested or I guess not digested in our systems. We don't see as much GI distress from this sugar alcohol as we do from all the others. That doesn't mean it can't happen and won't happen and that you're safe. It also doesn't mean that if you are having erythritol on a regular basis, and you're also having GI issues, that it can't be the erythritol. That's what I see most commonly. I think that you all know, I see a lot of food journals because that's part of the process of getting into the Good Gut Project or the Happy Hormones Project. I look at food journals and people are beautifully keto. They're having some sort of erythritol-based snack, dessert, treat most days of the week and they're also having major gut issues, then you take that out, suddenly they disappear. This is also the case for me. I cannot have a large quantity of erythritol or even more than like two bites of something that contains erythritol without having GI issues. I have a very sensitive gut. So it doesn't mean that that's not going to happen to you. It's just a lower chance. So be on the lookout. If you are someone that is consuming erythritol and you're having gut issues, take it out and see how it goes from there. Most likely, at least some of that is going to clear up just from taking it out. Now, the other pro about erythritol is that it's 70% of the sweetness of sugar. So going back to those artificial sweeteners that were 200 times to 20,000 times the sweetness of sugar, that is a huge improvement. We're not dealing with this overstimulation in the same way as we would with these artificial sweeteners. So I like that about erythritol, that it's not quite as sweet as sugar, which is great. So hopefully... And this is, again, the problem that I'm seeing is if you're just using that in your own baking to substitute sugar, then perhaps it would come out not quite as sweet. So your typical chocolate chip cookie recipe, you substitute out for erythritol, and maybe your cookies are a little less sweet, which would be great. However, I think the problem is, at least in the products that I'm seeing, they're still making them just as sweet, if not sweeter, by adding in these other sweet getting a little combo going or adding in more erythritol, a lot of different options, but they're making them extremely incredibly sweet, which we're going to get into why that is such a problem. So keep that in mind that if you are using it on your own, keep it a steady amount, you know, a one-to-one ratio that you're substituting with and you'll actually be getting a less sweet product, which would be great. So like I said, some of the cons, yes, most of it is genetically modified corn. Be on the lookout for that. Make sure any labels that you are looking at say non-GMO erythritol. That's important. Now, here's kind of my problem with this product. The biggest problem I think I have is that it's not well studied. There's not really anything that shows what this product does long-term, this sugar-free sweetener product. What is this doing long-term? How is it affecting other parts of our body? What happens if someone consumes it regularly for two years, four years, 10 years, 20 years? Any study that has been done on it has been done for a very specific purpose and in a very short period of time. 
And there's just a very low amount of that even. So that's my one big problem is I really don't like putting things in my body that I don't know what the repercussions are going to be, even if it is 20, 30, 40 years down the road. I don't like that idea, which is why I stick to real food and things that people have been eating for thousands and thousands of years. That's my go-to makes the most sense to me to know how that could be impacting me or not impacting me in the future. The second thing, and again, why I stick with real food is that there's absolutely no nutritional value in erythritol or any of the things we've talked about so far. No nutritional value. It is a food completely void of anything. Like it just doesn't have anything. And again, I want my food working for me. I see food as medicine and this constant way to be the healthiest version you can be. Food is going to get you there. So all the foods that I eat have a purpose, even if it is dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is really high in antioxidants, fiber, magnesium, calcium, other nutrients. It's a great food. So I want all my food to have some sort of purpose besides just making something sweet. That's another big issue that I have with erythritol or anything we've talked about so far. Another big con, which is going to be kind of an overarching con to this whole episode that we'll be talking about here in a few minutes, erythritol does not raise satiety hormones. So it does not signal to your body, nor do any of the other ones we've already talked about, that it's full, that you've had enough, that you can stop eating, you're satisfied. It can lead to overeating that food or any food for that matter. So We really want our foods, again, to work with us and work for us. And so they need some nutritional value in order for your body to see this as incoming nutrients and nourishment to tell you when you are full and done. You may notice this if you've ever had anything that has erythritol. It's like you have one and then you kind of want more and you want more and you want more. And we're going to talk more about some of the repercussions of that coming up in just a minute. And just one more thing that they have found in studies is that erythritol can actually be used as a pesticide and food laced with erythritol is deadly to fruit flies. Now, again, they're fruit flies, they're insects. But for me, it's just like if something has the capacity to kill a living thing, what could it be doing to me? I mean, again, we don't know. There's nobody that knows exactly what it is or is not doing to you in 5, 10, 20 years. So keep that in mind. I just saw that and I was like, oh man, that is not good. Not a good thing at all. Moving on to our natural sugar-free sweeteners. We have a few in this category. First, stevia. Stevia is a plant from South America. It is 200 to 400 times sweeter than sugar. You may also see it on labels as, I'm going to totally butcher this, Rebaudioside A or Reb A. That would also be considered stevia. You most likely have seen the Truvia or Purvia packets or granules. That would be considered stevia. Stevia is out there quite a bit these days too. This is one that I've actually attempted to use before. I have some recipes in my 
simple keto treats ebook that do use stevia and I've been able to make it work and make a great dessert with stevia. So this is one that I do consider sometimes. And if it's in a product, I will sometimes give it a try and see if I like it. For me, the biggest con with stevia is that I really do not like the taste. It has a very bitter aftertaste. If it is not in combination with the right other ingredients or if it is too sweetened with stevia, I will absolutely tell and I cannot stand the taste. A lot of you don't care about that. So that's not a con for you. But there are a few others that we need to be aware of. The first is that the only source that the FDA has permitted the use of in the U.S. is highly purified stevia products, when in reality, the best source of stevia is going to be straight from the plant. But that is not approved for use in the U.S. So the stevia that you are getting has to be processed or altered in some way. So those powdered stevia sweeteners like the Truvia and the Purevia, those go through dozens of steps during processing, like bleaching, chemical alteration, and there has not been any study on that stevia once it has gone through that process. No long-term studies have been done on that. Also, those powdered stevia products are generally always mixed with some other sweeteners, and a lot of times it's not even on the label because it's just not enough to be needed or in whatever quantity that doesn't require being labeled. So you may not even know, but I've seen lately, and I did a post about this on Instagram a while ago, that even it will say that it has other sweeteners in it if you actually look at the ingredient list. So you can see the Purevia, the Truvia, then turn the box around and see what else is in there. Some other chemically processed sweetener will be part of that powder form. So obviously, stevia in this green plant form or tincture form is the best can't really get the completely unaltered version unless you are growing the stevia leaf in your own garden. But I think if you are going to go for stevia, just really try to find the organic liquid version with nothing else in it. Just pure stevia, check the ingredient label and get the drops that have nothing else. They're organic. That's the best that we can do with what we have available on the market right now. And of course, if you don't like the bitter taste like I don't, then don't use it. But in my opinion, this is a better option than the sugar alcohols out there, in my opinion, personally. One of the questions I get asked most often is which supplements you all should be taking. Knowing what supplements you actually need and then finding a high quality brand that delivers is so hard. You all know by now how seriously I take supplements and how picky I am about which ones I recommend to you. That is why I'm thrilled to be partnering with Care Of for this episode of the Keto for Women show. Care of is a subscription-based service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific 
health needs. And if that isn't cool enough, care of also make sure what you're putting into your body comes from the best sources backed by honest guidance and transparency. And it's all available to you right on their website. That was something that was absolutely essential for me and care of delivered. Care of has this fun online quiz that asks you all about your diet, your health goals, lifestyle choices. It only takes about five minutes. And out of that, you get a personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. You can see exactly why they recommended what they recommended for you. All you have to do is answer some fun, easy questions like how much sleep are you getting? Are you looking for more energy? Do you need something to help support weight management? Or are healthy hair, skin, and nails a priority? It gets really personalized. I had so much fun taking my quiz and was very pleasantly surprised with the detailed questions they asked. They were actually very similar to the questions I ask my own clients when recommending supplements. So that was cool to see. Now I'm just waiting for my personalized supplements to come in the mail. Based on my results, I'm going to be supporting my brain health, my stress response, and my fitness level. I'm very excited to try their plant-based protein powder, unflavored, so no sweeteners added. I cannot wait to try it. I hope it's great. And of course, I'll let you all know what I think. It can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking, but Care Of makes it easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. And it's all backed by research. So cool. I'm such a big fan, and I think you will be too. For 25% off your first Care Of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code KETO for women at checkout. That's takecareof.com. Enter the coupon code KETO, the number for women, and you get 25% off your first Care Of order. Now, monk fruit is another option for a natural sugar-free sweetener, otherwise known as Lohan Go. You may see that listed or on your label of your monk fruit. Totally cool. It's a plant in southern China. It's 100 to 250 times sweeter than sugar. One of the best things about monk fruit for me is that it's high in antioxidants. So you're actually getting some nutritional value with your monk fruit sweetener. That's what I think is super cool. And not only does it not raise blood sugar levels like all of these we're talking about, which we'll get into in a second, but it actually may help control blood sugar levels. That I think is really awesome. Now the cons, most of the con that you're going to see is just the expense of it. Some people don't like the taste. So between it being expensive and having an unpleasant taste, you don't see it used maybe quite as much as we would like to see. It's often combined with other sweeteners because of both of those. So because it's expensive, companies can't use it as the only sweetener. And if you use too much of it, you start noticing this unpleasant taste that it has. So if you combine it with like the erythritol, stevia, something like that, then you have this more balanced kind of sweet flavor that we're used to. That's what you'll see with all of these keto products out now. So again, it's up to you if that's worth it or not. The only other thing I'll say about monk fruit is it's Again, not well studied. We don't have a lot of research on what is or is not going to happen by consuming monk fruit. I do feel a little better about this because it is 
something that has been used in Asia for many, many years. So I feel like at least that it does have some, and you know, same thing with stevia too, in the plant form, those have been used for many years in their natural forms as a sweetener in their local habitat. Now, all of those I just went through, the big, huge pro is that they have not been shown to raise your blood sugar levels. None of those raise your blood sugar levels. So of course, that is why they are all the rage in the keto community or even just people trying to lower their sugar, lower their carbohydrates. They do not raise your blood sugar levels. For me, yeah, that is a really huge point. That is awesome and great and wonderful. But there's so much more to the story before we can just hop in and start consuming these things left and right. And this is where I started getting into some of the studies out there. And this is what we'll talk about now. So there's one study that showed that both a sugar-sweetened beverage and a low-calorie-sweetened beverage both were associated with weight gain and increased risk of type 2 diabetes. So now it's like, yeah, it does not raise your blood sugar levels, but something has to be going on in order for this risk of type 2 diabetes to still be going on. And what this study kind of came to the conclusion was that sugar activated the regions of the brain involved in a food reward, while the sucralose in the low-calorie sweetened beverage didn't. So while the sugar signals a positive feeling of reward, like, I just ate this, it was really delicious, I'm satisfied, I don't need to continue going back for more, the sugar-free sweeteners don't manage the craving for sweets, so you never get that feeling of satisfaction, you never get the lowering of the need for sweets. In fact, it probably raises it. So you keep going back for more. And some of those times, it's not going to be sugar-free. And this study didn't have a answer yet, but had the hypothesis also that the sweet taste stimulated an insulin response, even though blood glucose did not change. And that was something they were going to continue to look at didn't have the update on that, so not sure that it ever was something they researched, but very interesting and something really, again, all this is showing is that we don't know. These are all relatively new products and new trends that don't have the research behind it to know what it's actually doing to your body once you consume it. I think that's kind of the overarching theme here. Now, another small study found that, for example, when participants had a drink sweetened with stevia, monk fruit, or sucralose instead of sugar in the morning, they compensated by eating more at lunch, along with bigger lunchtime spikes in blood glucose and insulin. Now, this is what I found really fascinating. So when you're trying to lower your sugar intake and lower your calorie intake, so instead of having a normal sugary drink, you have this stevia monk fruit or sucralose sweetened drink in the morning, how does that impact what you do later on in the day and what you reach for? Do you, again, kind of going back to that reward center of your brain, that's not turned on with those drinks ever throughout the day. So do you then now still need that reward later in the day and turn to something that will do that for you? It seems like at least in this study, that is the case. They ended up eating more at lunch 
and had a bigger lunchtime spike in glucose and insulin. So whatever they chose to eat was something that had a bigger impact on their blood sugar. I just found that absolutely fascinating. Our brains and bodies are so much smarter than we give them credit for. All right, so those were just some studies that I wanted to point out specifically. I will post the links to those studies in the show notes if you want to look at them yourselves. But now I just want to kind of go through the actual problems. I know I've given my pros and cons, but now just in general, when you're having a sugar-free sweetened anything, what could be going on in your brain and in your body with your weight, your blood sugar, your reward centers, all that stuff. Just I want to break it down in a few steps. So here we go. First of all, these sweeteners are much more potent than traditional table sugar and especially way more than naturally sweetened foods like fruit. As you said, I listed them out. We're talking 100 times to 20,000 times more if we look back at the artificial sweeteners. So consuming these kinds of foods, even remotely regularly, will dampen your palate. So it makes the sweetness of things like fruit and vegetables completely unappealing and unappetizing. So then obviously you're going to turn to those foods less because they just don't sound good. But also these super sweetened foods are now having the opposite effect of what we want them to do because they're flooding your taste buds with so much sweetness that then your sweetness threshold moves even higher and you're never satisfying that craving. So even just having apple now isn't doing for you what an apple normally should do, which is provide this like highly sweetened sensation, trigger that satisfaction response in the brain, that whole system gets shut down because suddenly you have this hypersensitive palate because of these sweetened foods. So I think that's a really big one. And then this leads into my second one, which is that you start craving more sweets. So when you use calorie-free sweeteners, The second problem with this, and honestly, the biggest problem, especially with keto, is that you're going to continue to crave sweets. And one of the best things about going keto is getting rid of the sugar dragon once and for all. It is so freeing and liberating and amazing. And if you're still using calorie-free sweeteners, you're going to continue that craving for a sweet treat. And not only that, but you will start thinking that since they're sugar-free, you can have them more. I see this all the time. Women using like keto cookies and keto brownies, keto milkshakes, all that stuff as their like snacks or their meals instead of having real food. And of course, there's so many obviously problems with that. But the biggest one is that you are kind of turning off that feeling that this sweet treat has calories, is a dessert, is a special treat, and you begin choosing those foods over more nutritious, nutrient-dense, and filling real foods. So you get full on these real foods and you feel that satisfaction that you don't feel So now we have nutrient deficiencies, we could have more weight gain or weight loss resistance from choosing these foods over our real food choices and having a really nice balanced meal. 
And then not only that, but you're stuck craving all sweet foods, even the ones that do have carbs and sugar. And it makes being keto and lowering your carb content and lowering your sugar content that much harder, practically impossible to do because you're going to be craving all sweets. And eventually you're going to cave into those cravings. We all do. It's a natural process. That's what happens. That's what goes on in our brains, no big deal, except you're perpetuating that situation by still having these sugar-free sweetened foods. All right, moving right along. These sugar-free sweeteners disrupt the microbiome. Now, again, not all of these have been studied, but the ones that have, especially those artificial sweeteners, have been studied, and it has been shown that they do change the microbiome, which is our good bacteria versus bad bacteria in our gut. And glucose intolerance, which is kind of setting the stage for full-blown diabetes, is related to changes in the gut bacteria induced by artificial sweeteners. So it has been shown, again, in studies, that this glucose intolerance sets in because of the changes that happen in our gut bacteria from these artificial sweeteners. Just wanted to repeat that. Not only that, but our microbiome is responsible for helping us find our set point weight. So we need to have a really strong, healthy, robust microbiome full of really great bacteria and not very many bad bacteria in order to find our happy weight, essentially, our body's happy weight. This is going to bring you further away from that, these low-calorie sweeteners, and sugar alcohols, having too much of those in your system or relying on them too often. Another really important and great point I want to make, when we eat a sweet food, our brains are smart. Again, we know exactly what to do. So our body expects to receive glucose into the system because we've now eaten a food that should cause a blood sugar response. So our bodies prepare for that. The glucose is cleared from the bloodstream, which does require an insulin response to make way for this incoming arrival of glucose. But then of course, nothing happens because there is no blood sugar response. And this causes a state of hypoglycemia because now you've cleared the sugar that was in your blood, keeping you at homeostasis, and nothing has come in to replace that even though it was supposed to according to what our bodies and our brains think. And hypoglycemia sets in, which then requires a cortisol response. So your adrenals will shoot off cortisol in order to get your body up back to homeostasis. So guess what? It's a stressor on the body to have these empty sweeteners coming in to your body. Just a quick little recap on really the biggest points I think here from what we just talked about, which is that using sugar-free sweeteners, you're not really thinking about the full picture if your only concern is what your blood sugar is doing 
at that moment when you eat that sweet thing, there's a lot more to consider, like mainly what your brain is doing, what the rest of your body is doing, how you are or are not turning off your cravings, how you are or are not feeling this sense of satiety. You're not signaling to your brain that you've had enough, that you are eating food, that you are fueling your body appropriately. So is it going to make you want more? Is it going to keep you craving foods that are sweet? Is it going to then do the opposite of what you're trying to do with this new lifestyle? So please, please just really think about that. Keep it in mind. And I have some alternatives for you. Now, this is going to be probably not liked for anybody who is very, very strict into keto. But I'm going to tell you that the better option is to choose a small amount of a natural sweetener. If you looked at my last cookie recipe that I posted, or really most of my desserts that I post, the recipes, or what I use in my own life, then you know I am a huge fan of using things like honey, yacon syrup, real fruit, maple syrup for your sweetness choice. And I'm going to tell you why. Let's go through each one. First of all, we have honey. Honey is known as a superfood, believe it or not, because it is an antioxidant powerhouse. Tons and tons and tons of antioxidants in a tiny little bit of honey. It wards off infections. It provides natural allergy relief. It boosts your immunity. It's anti-inflammatory. That's full of natural prebiotic fibers that promote the growth of your good gut bacteria. We just talked about that microbiome that we need. It does so many great things for you and your health. There's a reason why when you're sick, you have tea with honey. It's not just because it tastes good. (laughs) It's because it's working for you. And again, like I just talked about, I want my food working for me. I want my food getting me healthier no matter what I'm eating. So remember, this is all coming from raw honey, unfiltered, unprocessed, untreated, not heated, real raw honey. Go find that in your natural foods market. They will have multiple choices for you. Go find that. It looks a little bit different. It tastes way better than processed honey that you may be used to using. This is what has all of these nutrients, all these beneficial properties. So make sure you're getting raw honey. It is definitely more expensive, but it is worth it. And of course, we aren't using nearly the amount that you may have in the past because we're not going to need that much sweetness in our food as we desensitize from all these like highly sweetened things that we're used to eating, even if they were sugar-free. The next one is maple syrup. Again, we're talking raw, unrefined maple syrup, like just basically straight from the tree, as close as you can get it to straight from the tree, which isn't all that easy. But again, your natural foods market will have some options for you. Again, raw maple syrup is full of antioxidants. It's known to prevent diseases. It's high in vitamins and minerals. Again, it's anti-inflammatory. Just make sure you're looking for that raw, unrefined, pure maple syrup. It will be the only ingredient listed on the label. So check the label. Another great option. And it tastes delicious. A little bit different of a taste than honey. Yacon syrup has been my new favorite. I've been using this quite a bit. 
It's extracted from the root of a yacon plant, which you can find in South America. It's high in fructooligosaccharides, which is a prebiotic that passes through the GI system undigested until it reaches the colon. And then it starts feeding your good gut bacteria. Again, with that microbiome and those good gut bacteria, so important. So yacon syrup is basically food for your good gut bugs. That's what it's full of. And research actually shows that yacon syrup can contribute to lowering your insulin levels and even weight loss. Now, that doesn't mean go eating spoonfuls of yacon syrup every day trying to get the scale to go lower. We all know that's not what we're here for. That's not what we're doing. But I think that information can kind of give you a little bit of a sense of relief of eating a real food sweetener because it actually is doing the opposite of what we've been told all of these foods do. It's just not true. But yes, it does have calories and it does have a little bit of carbohydrate in it. But that's okay because you are doing so many great things by having this real food, really important nutrients provided in the yacon syrup. Research on yacon syrup has also shown that it helps increase your calcium absorption and is a natural testosterone booster, which we a lot of us need. A lot of us ladies could use some of that. So really great benefits coming from yacon syrup. It tastes really good. And if you haven't already gotten my Keto Treats ebook, it's one that I use in most of those recipes. It's free. You can go over to my website and grab it really great recipes. Most of them use yacon syrup and you use such a teeny tiny small amount that the actual sugar you're getting is so small, but it tastes very sweet and just really good. It's really great in baked goods. And then lastly, of course, we can just use fruit, our natural source of sweetness in fruit, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, water, fruit super filling. They definitely send the signal to your body that you are satisfied. I mean, can you really imagine eating like more than one apple? You would just wouldn't want that after a certain period of time or a certain amount or like three bananas. Could you do it? Probably not because your body just is super satisfied. It doesn't need or want that anymore. So it sends a signal, I'm done with this sense of sweetness, we're good to go. And because of everything I just listed, fruit really does have a minor impact on your blood sugar because of the fiber and the water. It really is much lower than you think. I would actually recommend that you test how your blood sugar does, how your ketones do, whatever you're doing to test that in you, test it and see because you may find out that half an apple isn't so bad and maybe that could be what you use to sweeten your unsweetened yogurt instead of the other stuff that we've talked about today. So there are a lot more options. I really want the stigma around fruit to go away. So I'm just gonna keep talking about it. All right, so that's gonna wrap up this conversation we just had around our sugar-free sweeteners. I hope this provided some knowledge for you to go back to your own life and make the best decision for you. Now, I know, especially with this talk of these natural sweeteners, that a lot of you just are really hesitant because of your blood sugar, because of your insulin resistance, your diabetes, whatever you're working on. And I totally get that. And again, it's going to be something for you to test for yourself. But remember, the key to being keto, 
The key to healing your body and the key to being healthy long-term is to cut the amount of sweetness you're having regardless of what it's coming from. So that's what we want to do overall. And that's what you're going to need to do to really heal your blood sugar to lose the excess weight that you need to lose. We need to go back to desserts being dessert and treats being treats, not something that we include daily, weekly, monthly. You know, it's going to be different for everybody based on where you're at and what's important to you. But we just have to get back to this place where we're not relying on these foods because they're sugar-free. We think they're totally fine and we can go ahead with it as much as we want. That's not the case. And you may be doing more harm. Again, we don't know. There's no studies to show. But more than likely, you're definitely not getting past the sugar cravings that you are so dying to get past. Trust me, I know I've been there. You're not getting past that. We do want to get to a point where we have manageable cravings and need for sweetness and continuing to rely on these keto treats or just continuing to be stuck with your diet Pepsi, your diet Cokes, your gum, all that stuff that has these sugar-free sweeteners is not doing you any favors. That's what I want you to know. Again, you can decide how often it's right for you, how much, what is or isn't included for you, but at least now you have the ability to know. And I also think it would be kind of cool if anyone has been kind of relying on these to make the switch to these natural sweeteners and see what changes for you. See if you do notice that you're a lot less hungry, you're more satisfied, you don't want to reach for the second cookie. See how that goes. You might find that it is true. It's really providing the satiety that you're looking for and you may be a convert. Now remember too, one more thing before I let you go, I just thought of something I wanted to share. When we're using honey, maple syrup, yacon syrup, fruit, that is in a much lower quantity. Like you'll see in all of my recipes, I use like a tablespoon of honey for an entire batch of cookies. That it's still very low sugar. Again, I highly doubt most of you are going to have any sort of blood sugar response from having this small, small amount of real food sweetener. So I want to keep that in mind. We're not just going back to putting a tablespoon of honey in our tea every day because they are still sweeteners. They are still going to have the same impact on your blood sugar if consumed in high amounts and regularly as anything, as any sugar type situation. So keep that in mind, but I think you're going to find you're going to need a lot less. And if you need any help, head over to my website and get my recipes that use these natural sweeteners. All right, until next week, take care, everyone. 